0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A great desire that every Christian should have is to spiritually contribute to our own families. And I think we all need to have that desire this morning. And we have many families represented here and everyone has different maybe background, and maybe culture, and maybe traditions, and even language, and amazingly, God knows all of us, and God knows all of our families, and uh, God knows how we are at home, and God knows how we act, and what we talk about, and what we are interested in, and, and how we treat each other, and what we hold dear, and what we are so loose about, and God is omniscient, and he knows all things, and God certainly cares for all our families, and he's not a respecter of person concerning his love, and he loves everybody here this morning, and he loves every family, and as he loves all, he wishes for them the best, and and the best for all families is that they have spiritual lives, and that they grow into the Lord Jesus Christ and lives that are saved by His grace. They know that they are on their way to heaven and that they know that Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. They know that sins are forgiven, and that uh, Jesus Christ has promised them to a, a place called a holy city, and that uh, they are looking for that hope of eternal life. And I hope we have families uh, 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 within that lives are filled with His Spirit, and that everything that we do, we're not just doing by the flesh, but we're being led by the Spirit of God. And I hope our lives are truly honoring our God, and also fearing His commandments as well. And everyone in the family, I'm simply saying, should spiritually contribute so that their family is helped and strengthened. And, uh, and, and tragically, many times, it is not the case. And, uh, you know, some teenager is wayward and they're not really bring forth it's not bringing forth that team and spiritual effort within the family, and maybe the husband is careless, and maybe uh, the wife is somewhat distaste and maybe bitter concerning the Christian life, and, and it, doesn't, it does not have that unity as Christ wishes us to have. And uh, uh, I believe uh, 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 in, in many cases, uh, 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 many Christians are discouraged, and, and many Christians are somewhat forfeiting this effort of having a christian home and this task might be solely on your shoulder and i understand that you could be discouraged i understand that you could be somewhat let down and that you're the only person that you are uh, uh, you're the only person in your family that is surely honoring the lord and that is truly uh, going after the things of our savior Jesus Christ and you could be a husband or a father this morning bearing that responsibility to be example and live a godly life and i think about job in the bible job is a great example of that and i don't think his wife was at all spiritual because he said as she said after the trial happened she said curse god and die and uh, she was not in any sense in that spiritual realm of growth. And uh, and uh, I think about it, even his children. And uh, I don't think God was pleased with them as well. And Job uh, willingly sacrificed not only for himself, but sacrificed for his family. Burn offerings he offered because uh, uh, he wanted to make sure that his children were right with God. But as we think about all the trials he went through and all the disappointments, and his, even his wife said, curse God and die, Job stayed faithful. And Job wanted to please the Lord, and he did not, in any sense, curse God or speak against the things of God and what the Lord is doing in his life. And he was bearing that responsibility, and he uh, came out wonderfully in the, as a vessel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about you could be a wife or a mother this morning bearing the heavy responsibility of trying to get your family closer to God. And, and your husband could care less, and, and your children are wayward, and, and you're like Abigail in the Old Testament. I think about Abigail and she feared the Lord and, and she was wise concerning her walk, but she married a man named Nabal, and Nabal, the Bible says, that he was very cruel and he was a very evil man. And he did not fear the Lord. But Abigail, of course, she did. And we see the acts of Abigail there. And she honored David and, and wanted to make sure she honored the future king. And, and uh, you could be a mother like that this morning. And you could be a wife like that this morning. And, and trying to get your family to the right. And trying to get your family in the right direction. And you could be a son or daughter this morning bearing the responsibility of standing up for the Lord. And your parents don't go to church. And, uh, you know, uh, your siblings don't really care. And, uh, and your parents are against your boldness, and your siblings are mocking and ridiculing you. And, and you're like young David in the battlefield, and, and who simply said, is there not a cause? And, and we see Eliab just uh, mocking him, and, and his older brother uh, uh, just ridiculing him and putting him down. and uh, But all David wanted to do was to be spiritual and to stand up to that giant Goliath, and to really uh, 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 make sure that, uh, that God was victorious in that end, and, and, uh, and, and you could be like uh, uh, David this morning. You could be a young person trying to live for the Lord, but your family members mock you, and your family members do not care for what you're doing, and you might be in any of those situations as a husband, or a father, or a mother, or a wife, or even as a child, but I want to encourage you this morning to keep going. I want to encourage you this morning to keep on honoring the Lord and keep on standing up for the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, not with contention, but with compassion, God's people say. And many times we could bring contention and pride and, and bring forth strive in trying to stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ, but I believe if we're truly standing up, I believe we should share the love of Christ and we should have compassion toward one another. And uh, I want to encourage you. By your testimony, may your family members be blessed to get to know the Lord also. And if you're not alone in this responsibility, thank God your family uh, 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 is contributing and your family in this uh, uh, spiritual effort to uh, go forward and getting closer to the Lord. And I hope you're always striving together as a whole and that you're surrendered together. And I want to keep on encouraging you to do so. I mean, think about these words, a Christian home. And those are beautiful words this morning. To think about the fact that your home is a Christian home. That is wonderful. And that is a wonderful goal to have if you don't have a Christian home at this time. And you're the only Christian in your home. And uh, I believe Christ-like home is important. A Christ-like home is really God-honoring and I remember, I think about a story, a family was driving home after church, and they noticed a the little Johnny was sitting in the back, sitting, crying his eyes out. I mean, he was uncontrollable. And Mom asked him several times what was wrong, but he, kept ju- he just kept crying. Then finally he stopped. The pastor said this morning he, w- he wanted us to be brought up in a Christian home, but I want to stay with you guys. And, uh, you know, as we think about that story, you know... Uh, uh, I think everyone should have that desire to have a Christian home and we should be admonished by it. And, uh, you know, I hope in every sense that we have that passion and heart to be with our family and to really honor the Lord Jesus Christ and that we truly live for our Savior and that we cry after it and that we truly pray after it. And on a serious note, everyone should want to be in a Christian home, a home that loves the Lord. A home that honors His word. A home that fears their God. Because we're truly living in an evil day. We're living in a very wicked day. And homes are becoming more more of a dangerous place than a safe place. Uh, Domestic violence has been on the rise. And, And one internet article actually stated domestic violence is not only on the rise. It is pandemic. And, uh, you know, uh, it is spreading forth like a virus. And many families are actually searching for comfort outside of their home instead of the uh, inside of their home. And statistics reads, and if you look on the screen with me, a report of abuse is made every 10 seconds. A report of child abuse is made every 10 seconds. Just count to 10 at this time. And after 10 seconds, a child will be abused in the United States of America. More than four children die every day as a result of child abuse. So by the end of the day, four children will die in the U.S. because of child abuse. Approximately 70% of children that die from abuse are under the age of four under the age of four. I know it's not in any sense uh, a criminal activity, but uh, it could be uh, someone neglection, and it could be somewhat carelessness of an infant. But 70% of children die from abuse after the, uh, uh, under the age of four. And uh, about 30% of abused and neglected children will later abuse their own children, continuing the horrible cycle of abuse. Children who experience child abuse and, and neglect are about nine times more likely to become involved in criminal activity. This is very serious, folks. This is not somewhere in the third world country. This is in the United States of, of America. And, uh, you know, uh, one out of two marriages ending up in divorce, we're in a very terrible state and spiritually, and, and uh, we ought to pray for America. And uh, we ought to really fast for America. And that uh, we should really see uh, the great uh, 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 deterioration of the home and, and, and the spiritual walk in this nation. And, and this is a serious matter, my friend. You might be thinking, my family's not like that. I understand. But a neighbor could be suffering that in your street. And it could be even your relatives or, or even a close friend. I'm just simply stating this morning the reality of it all. And our families are not above it either. Because we're all sinful in nature and we could truly neglect our children and also we could truly neglect our spouse and and our sins could come over us and, and, uh, and, and we could truly do things that we never imagined to do. And our children and our family deserve a little taste of not hell on earth, but heaven on earth. They need a little taste of heaven on earth in the home. They need to hear the right language. They need to perceive the right behavior of life and the right discipline and the right goals. And... Uh, And the devil and the world wishes for us to succumb to their wicked standards of life and abuse in our homes also. And how much more should we pray? And how much more should we be caring and loving toward another? And how much more should we be serious about reading and uh, living by the book that we hold this morning? And I read a very discouraging article yesterday. And and, uh, I downloaded a leadership article. A magazine. Uh, 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 it's a non-denominational one, but I could pick out the meats and kind of throw out the bones. And, and I saw an article concerning pornography, concerning children. Most children, it says, it reads there statistically, most uh, young people start reading pornography by the age of 10. By the age of 10. And 66%, 66% Of those young people who get exposed to pornography, it is unwanted. It is an unwanted exposure. What does that mean? Meaning they just stumbled into it through the Internet or through friends. They weren't seeking for it. Over half of them, they just stumbled over a website, over a magazine, reading something. I don't know. Maybe their parents have pornography. I'm simply saying this morning, as we think about those statistics, and uh, as we think about our children, as we think about the next generation, we need revival. We need to get right with God, and, and we need to pray that people will be saved, and that people will truly honor the Lord in their homes, and and, uh, and our children, and not in every sense, it's not the home problem as we think about the statistic of the uh, unwanted exposure of pornography. It's really the devil fighting our homes and exposing them with literature and philosophy and, and also even the education system even today and going against our Uh, Our moral stands, and also our biblical principles, and and uh, all the media the Hollywood produces. Hey, many of the time it is against this book, and we got to be very careful because the devil is truly working hard so that our homes will be lost, and our children will go wayward, and our children will go after the things not of God but of the wicked one. And we got to be alert, and we got to be sober. Let us truly give ourselves to the Lord and also our families. For God's desire is that we honor him and be blessed with his blessings. Oh, I want to share with you this morning some biblical principles that we need in our homes so that we we may truly see a Christian home in action. Because the devil is fighting and the world is fighting. And I'd like to share with you three biblical principles that we need to take heed in our homes. Number one. Think of the word choice, the the word choice. And in the bulletin, the scripture is already there. You don't need to uh, kind of look into uh, the Bible. The scripture is already written there or typed there, I'm sorry. And you could read with me in Joshua 24, verse 15, if you go to your bulletins there. Let's read this together if we can in Joshua 24, verse, verse 15. Let's think about the word choice. Let's read it together. Ready? And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that are on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And God has given all of us the freedom of choice. And Joshua in this chapter is giving a strong proposition, and choose you this day whom you will serve. Notice, choose you this day. This day. That is the emphasis. Not tomorrow, not later. Joshua says to the congregation, to the people of Israel, choose you this day, today, whom you're going to serve. And did you know that God wishes us to choose Him now, not later? And God wishes us to presently serve Him, not in the future. And salvation is now. Today is the day of salvation. Sanctification is now. Be holy, for He is holy. And our God is holy all the time, and we need to surrender now, not later. I'm just simply saying, ladies and gentlemen, our families need to make a choice in following Him this day, and uh, and it has to be every single day, and it can't be a backsliding decision or where you have some room of comfort and saying, "Hey, there's some a place in my life where I could just kind of make." decision wherever I want to. No, I hope you're fully surrendered to God and saying, Lord, I make a choice to serve you. I make a choice to honor you in all things. And I'm going to honor you in whatever I see and whatever I read and how I care for my children, how I care for my spouse. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to make a choice to do that. And I hope as Christians today, as we desire a Christian home, we make a choice concerning our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said it very clearly in Luke chapter 6, verse 16, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. I think that's pretty clear that we cannot in any ways grab hold of the world and try to grab hold of God. The Bible is very clear. Either you hate the one or love the other. And don't you dare dare try to say you love God when you're loving the world and you're trying to, in every sense, uh, uh, get pleasure from the world. It's not going to work. God says you would hate the one or love the other. If you love the world, you hate God. If you love God, you hate the world. That's what Jesus says. And your family, our families, are servants to something or someone. Because we are always called to obey. And there is a call to obey sin and the flesh, and there is a call to obey our God and his righteousness. Romans chapter six, verse sixteen, the Bible says, Know ye not that to whom ye, ye yourself servants obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. What the Bible is saying Whoever you yield yourself to, you become a servant. If you're going to serve the Lord, you become a servant of the Lord. If you're going to serve or yield, okay, obey sin, then you have become the servants of sin, okay? By the way, you're not in control of your sin. You're not above sin, all right? Sin is controlling you. And it could get out of hand. It's either you're a servant of the Lord or you're a servant of sin. That's what the Bible says. And, and whoever you obey, you become a servant to that object or to that person. And as family members this morning, or as family as a whole, who or what are we obeying? Are we obeying sin, or are we obeying the Savior? And you have a choice to make. Who are we going to serve? Who are we going to obey? It continues to say in Romans chapter 6, I'll read for you, verse 21 down to verse 22. What fruit had ye then in those things where ye are now ashamed? By the way, I hope you're ashamed of the past life. Let's be quite frank. And before we got saved, hey, not all things we have done, it is shameful to even mention. And for us to be all prideful about it, we have done that before. I was like that. I used to drink this much, and I used to hang around that much. No, it's a shameful thing. And we can we cannot in any sense try to you know uh, 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 be prideful about the sins that Jesus that that we uh, uh, put Jesus Christ uh, on the cross and uh, how, uh, uh, how 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 uh, uh, amazing it is for us to. Uh, 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 really uh, uh, be arrogant about the things that we have done before. And we've got to be very careful. And and let me continue to read in Romans chapter 6, for the end of those things is death in verse 22. Now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. You see, the Bible says we're free from sin, meaning we have the freedom to make a choice to live a righteous life. The world does not have that choice. You know why? Because all they know is sin. There is none righteous, no not one. There's none that seeketh after God. And there's none that doeth good. That's what, that's what the Bible says. And I'm just simply saying this morning with the scripture I just quoted, it is very obvious after we are saved that Jesus Christ gives us the liberty to choose to serve You see, if we have a Christian home, Christians living in a home, the identity of Christ is with you. And you have become servants of God as born-again believers. And the obvious, here it is, and the obvious spiritual choice is to choose God and his righteousness. That's an obvious choice. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, you, uh, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. It's reasonable for us to serve God because he served us. How did he serve us? He died on the cross for us. It wasn't my sin that nailed him. I think about illustration. <laughs> I think I forget the theologian who wrote of this of commentary and uh, he was studying the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and as he read it over and over again in the scripture, he kind of felt in, in sympathy for our Savior, and and uh, he kept on uh, a reasoning within his mind as he was reading it, it's not fair, Lord, it's not fair. How could they do that to you? How could the Roman soldiers do that to you? And how could Pilate just let you go to be crucified? And he had a dream that night, and and uh, he had a horrific dream of Jesus Christ being whipped and, and being scourged and, and bleeding. And the Roman soldier was over and over again scourging him with the can of nine tails. And, and Jesus Christ's flesh was unrecognizable and, uh, as a human being. And, and, and in the dream, uh, the theologian uh, walked up to that centurion and he uh, uh, basically, grabbed his shoulder and said, "Don't you do that to my Savior?" And when the centurion turned around, guess who he was? It was himself. It was himself. He died for my sins. We nailed him on the cross. It's a reasonable service. It's a reasonable service for us to serve him. Non-believers do not have this choice available. It's not reasonable for them. They don't know how to do good or be good. But as Christians, we do. And as parents, we have a choice to make. Are we going to lead our children to righteousness? <coughs> and we can't... <laughs> Love them so much that we simply give in and allow sin in their lives and misconduct and worldliness. Now, I'm not saying you should be legalistic in your relationship with your family based on the law and just by rules. I think you need to have grace, and, uh, and there should be a balance to that. I heard about a humorous story. A young teenage boy had just gotten his driver's license. When he got home, he asked his father, who was a minister, if they could discuss the use of the car. His father took him into his study and said to the boy, I'll make a deal with you if you bring up your grades, study your Bible a little, and get a haircut. Then we'll talk about the use of the car. After about a month, the boy came back and again asked his father if they could discuss the use of the car. He again went to the father's study, What his father said, Son, I've been so very proud of you. You have brought up your grades, you've studied your Bible diligently, but you did not get your haircut." The young man waited a moment and replied, Dad, I've been thinking about that. You know, Samson had long hair. Moses had long hair. Noah had long hair. And in many depictions, Jesus Christ had long hair. His father interrupted him at that point and said, Yes, son. And they walked everywhere they went. And, uh, you know... uh, we could be somewhat too legalistic in every sense. And, and uh, you know, uh, we could push so hard that children could get discouraged. And, and uh, I, I, there should be a balance. I'm not saying you should just kind of let go of things and let children do whatever they want to. And I think they need to be talked to and need to reason with them. And, by the way, I saw an article uh, in the news just a, a week and a half ago. Uh, uh, they are now trying to call yelling as an abuse. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 in every sense, I think it could be abuse. You know, it could be a mental abuse. And uh, it could truly, uh, 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 you know, we could truly belittle people by the tone of the voice. <coughs> and, uh, and I don't know if I could agree with everything. But, and, uh, but I think as a Christian, we should always, always control our anger. And uh, we should, in every sense, try to avoid in yelling to our children and and provoking them and giving wrath. And I'm guilty of that, and I'm sure many fathers are. By the way, we live in a very different generation, and and I guess this is my generation. You know, many young people, like myself and and, uh, maybe even younger, you know, they're pretty intellectual and, in the sense they have a lot of information coming to them through uh, social media and through different news, and Internet's right there, and they do a lot of research work in college, and, and they're pretty smart. And, and for us to just kind of, you know, let them know, hey, you've got to obey because I tell you to obey, it's not going to cut it. You've got to make sure you reason and also give them a biblical reference from the Scripture why we obey what we obey. Are we Bible-believing Christians? Are we just kind of believing the Bible and, uh, in zeal but not in knowledge? Sometimes we could be like that. And we could rear our children like that. We could be so zealous and we're fundamental Baptists and we believe in the Bible. Uh, but the children are wondering why. And they need to know from the Scripture. And, uh, you know, a few of the college students text me sometimes about Bible questions and I don't mind that, and I'm glad to uh, 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 answer the questions, and, and uh, you know, uh, one student texted me this past week, and, and, uh, and this person in San Diego, and, and uh, texted me about, you know, uh, what's the difference between relationship with Jesus Christ and fellowship with Jesus Christ, and, and I had to give a little very le- uh, lengthy uh, 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 explanation, you know, it's all semantics in the sense of, what the preacher is preaching about, and, and uh, it gives talking about relationship with Jesus Christ, being born again, and being a child of God, and fellowship, meaning that closeness with Jesus Christ, and and uh, you know uh, fellowship is found in the Bible. Relationship, that word, in the sense what the preacher is talking about, is not really found, but it's talking about the ch- being a children of God. And, uh, and and for me, you know, in every sense, I could be. Hey, don't you know that? How could you, you know, in every sense, ask me that kind of question? But I, I just, you know, uh, told this person it's a very good question, and. And uh, I, I, I text the re- response with scripture and also uh, the right reasoning. And, and, uh, and every time this person asks me about these biblical questions, uh, you know, uh, she, uh, uh, this young lady is always helped. And, and, uh, and I always let my wife know uh, 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 what this young lady has asked. And then we sometimes discuss it together so that we could text her back together. And, and, uh, and many students are like that in our college. And, and they just want to know. And, uh, and maybe your children and your young, I guess, uh, people in your home, they're just uh, uh, kind of wondering uh, 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 why you believe what you believe. I, I want to encourage you to tell them why and uh, really uh, talk with them and try to counsel with them as much as possible. And uh, <laughs> I'm just simply saying we've got to have the right balance. If we have chosen to serve the Lord, then let us know why. And then explain to our family why we're serving the Lord. And we got to make sure uh, we truly believe the Scripture and live by the Scripture and be in full knowledge of it. And I hope your home could be a little heaven on earth by the choices that you make. And I hope those are spiritual choices and that you truly live for Him. Number two, not only choice, but let's think about care. (coughs) Let's think about care. Genesis 50, verse 18 18 through 21. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Jesus said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. And now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly. Uh, to them. You know, what a wonderful story of Joseph and his brothers. And, uh, you know, even though he was hurt, uh, despised, mocked, and forsaken by his own brothers, he still chose to care for them at the end. And uh, I wonder if we truly care for our family. And I wonder if we truly have the heart and have the compassion for our spouse and for our children. And, uh, you know, uh, whether that be unspiritual or spiritual, I believe they all deserve God's love. And uh, this was back in 2012, but it does show the great cause for all children who are abused. If you go to the next slide, and the highest, uh, as we think about some percentage here, and we see others unknown on the right, and medical neglect, 2.3%, and, and uh, psychological uh, mal- uh, 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 maltreatment, and uh, 8.5% concerning child abuse, sexual abuse, 93 8.3, uh, 183 physical abuse, and the last, last one, which is 78.3%, is neglection. That's where a lot of the child abuse starts, and and also uh, uh, many in our homes, uh, m- our children are just uh, neglected, and and they're not being cared for. And it's because you know uh, uh, two parents are working, you know a uh, uh, a job, and and uh, and uh, I'm not trying in any sense to uh, uh, go against you, ladies, if you're working and. And if you're working, that's fine. If you need to provide your family and and you can't make your ends meet to provide for your family, that's fine. And maybe you need to do that. But let me just let you know that your children as much as they're taken care of by nannies or by your your mother or grandparents, I believe they need you. They need a mother and father. And uh, you know my background story. I grew up without a father for the last uh, uh, 22 years of my life. Well, it's been that long now. And, uh, you know, uh, I always wanted to have a father in the sense to lean on, to ask questions and, and my mom was too busy to, in every sense, con- uh, give, uh, con- uh, you know, give kind of that you know, uh, close care. And by the grace of God, I am here and and I think she loved uh, she loved me, and she uh, wanted to have the best for me. And she prayed a lot, and, and God's grace is over Riddle's family. I believe in that. And uh, but in my own personal life, I wish I had a father. And, and uh, but I can't change that. My father's in heaven, and I thank God for that—that that he's in heaven. And uh, but in every sense, I felt a little. I felt like it was unfair. Uh, but you know, there are children in our homes right now where they have a father, they have a mother. And they wish they could spend some more time with them. And uh, I'm just simply saying that neglection is a very big problem. And uh, we need to make sure that we are there for our children. And, uh, and, and by the way, you need to be there for your spouse. You need to be there for your wife and your husband. And they need you. And uh, they need to uh, <clears throat> make sure that you still love them, and uh, many times we are limiting—we are limiting spiritual journey and growth in the Lord Jesus Christ because of neglection. Oh, I think maybe sometimes uh, some families might go through some hard, I guess, situations, and you can't be there for your family. I understand, and you can't be there for your spouse. You like to be there for them. I understand that, and you have been limited. I understand that, and you're kind of somewhat going through that trial. But remember this verse in Psalm 46, verse 1. I, I, I'm not sure if I have it on the next slide. Yes, I do. And uh, let's, read it, let's read this together. Ready? God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. And uh, whatever you're going through right now, hey, he is your help in this present time. He is your refuge, and you could get, go to him for counsel. You could go to him for your family and you could truly be helped by him. And uh, you may not be there for your children because of the limited schedule and, and because of some trials you're going through, but guess who's there for your children? God is. God's there for them. So you pray to the Lord and, and that God will change their heart and God will truly uh, be there and, uh, uh, in every sense and, and, uh, and, and as you go through that trial in your life. And God could help you and ask the Lord and lean upon him. He cares for your family and God will help your schedule. God will help your needs, and God will help your family. And don't give up in caring and loving and, and loving your family. And and uh, uh, even uh, as children, don't neglect your parents either. You know, uh, if you have a father and mother who raised you, don't neglect them. And as I get older, I realize, you know, uh, I need to do more for my mom. And and in uh, every sense, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, what would happen in the future, but I want to make sure in this present time that I need to care for my mom as I should and with the time that I have. And, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have parents today, if you have a father and mother who's still living, hey, care for them and love them and, and try to, you know, uh, uh, spend some more time with them. I think it is still our responsibility. And uh, so, may, may the Lord help all of us and uh, find uh, uh, help in the time of need and and the refuge that we need, and, and also uh, 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 may we truly care for all the family members in our home. Number three, I'm finished. We need to continue. <laughs> we need to continue. Genesis 18, verse 19. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. They shall keep the way of the Lord, and to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring up on Abraham that which he has spoken of him. You know, be faithful to the next generation. God doesn't just see your family in this present time. But he also sees the families to come. And, uh, you know, I think about uh, illustration of Matt Jukes, uh, uh, uh an atheist, lived a godless life. And, and a study had been done, one of his, descend- uh, done of his descendants, and 310 died as a pauper, and 150 were criminals, and 7 were murderers, and hundreds uh, uh, were drunkards, and more than half of the women were prostitutes. Now, Jonathan Edwards lived in the same time as Mac Jukes, but he married a golly girl. An inve- investigation was made of 1,394 known descendants of Jonathan Edwards, of which 13 became college students and 65 college professors and three United States sen- senators and 30 judges and, and uh, uh, 60 physicians and 75 Army and Navy officers and 60 authors and prominences and one vice president of the United States, and not only that, 100 preachers and missionaries. And, uh, you know, uh, as we think about those two uh, dynamic illustrations of people, I want you to understand, whatever we sow, we will reap. Okay. God is not mocked. And as a young person right now, you could be a college student, kind of not be, you may not even be married. Whatever you're sowing concerning sin, it will come to bite, bite back at you. Question for you, some of you young people, as you're engaged in those type of activity and sin, would you want your children to be in that type of activity in the future? Do you want your children to be doing what you're doing? What goes around comes around. I had done terrible things when I was a teenager. I am just praying to God that my young two children will not go through what I went through. I was praying for them on Friday night, and I just said, dear God, I pray that you would save them in an early age, because I'm, I'm, I'm a 1.5er in the sense I'm a second-generation Christian. Okay. It's going to take a lot more prayer in every sense and not for me to be careless for the next generation to come. And if I want my grandchildren to go in the right direction, I've got to pour my heart to God for Annabelle and Josiah now. Because how they are in the future is going to be what the grandchildren will be in the future. And I want to, in every sense, by God's grace, whatever I did when I was a young person, I want that to be in the past. I don't want my children to go through the same experience. Now, if they do, I know God's grace is still there. But I am praying to God Almighty that they'll be a better Christian than I could ever become. That's my desire. That is my desire. And young people, if you're not married right now, you need to cut your sins and you need to repent of your sins now. And that, and that you try to do your best to be, in every sense, be prepared for to be a godly husband or to be a godly wife in the future. I told some of the college students, and and uh, happened to be just girls a few weeks ago. And I told them after I gave gave some Bible study at the end, I gave some applications concerning uh, priorities. And I said, "Girls, I want you to know the biggest priority in your life is for you to be a mother one day. You're building your career, you're getting your degree, and you're excited about your future. But how are you preparing yourself to be a mother? To be a wife?" I'm even saying this right now, and some young people, it just goes way over their heads. But I want you to maturely think of who you're going to be in the future as a mother and a father. That's a very important thing to God Almighty. Because, it, for God said, I see Abraham, and I see that he fears me. I see that he is obeying me. He is living by faith. And I know that he will command his children. God has foreknowledge. He says, I know that Abraham will teach his children, command his children, and also even generation after that, they will serve me faithfully. And God sees you, how you're walking as a Christian today. And you could be a father and mother now. How are you as a father and mother in your spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? How are you as a... uh, a, f- a father and mother who has a li- little children in your home. and How are you behaving? How are you, in every sense, honoring him? I think about Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Question for all of us. How will they remember us after a generation? How will my grandchildren remember Jimmy Pack? How will your grandchildren remember you? How will your children remember you? I want to encourage you to live for the Lord in your home. Grow up into him in your family. Because the devil is out to get you. The devil is out to get your family and your children. Live for the Lord now. I want to encourage you this morning. So, you have a choice to make. Choice. Not only that, you need to care for your family. Care for your family. Love them no matter what. And number three, we have continuation. Would you continue the legacy of our Savior Jesus Christ? Would you?